All right, we're back at Songus Center uh, in Lowell, Massachusetts, where our score after one is UMass Lowell 2, Merrimack nothing. Mike McMahon joining us now from the Eagle Tribune, College Hockey News, and the MacReport.com. Well, first of all, Mike, before we get on to other topics, tonight's game, that first period, I thought that some of the games in the past, we've seen some bad starts, bad first periods for Merrimack. That might be the worst of the season. That was pretty bad, yeah. I mean, from pretty much every way you can break it down. The trailing on the scoreboard, uh, getting out shot pretty badly. I, I don't know what the shot attempts are, but I imagine it's it's pretty tilted as well when you look at just puck possession, where the puck was. I mean, the puck was was tilted down one end of the ice uh, for the majority of that period. And granted, they had two power plays, but but still, I mean, the puck was down in the, in the offensive zone for Lowell for probably 90% of that first period. And this is the Lowell team that's undermanned. I mean, you got three guys that are among their top five scorers that are out of the lineup tonight. And, uh, and it looks like they don't miss a beat. I mean, that was frankly that was an embarrassing performance in the first period. Yeah, I, I mean, there's no excuse for that. And I, I think especially, you know, where they, they've had these strings of, of bad starts on the road in a schedule where it just happens to fall at most of their splits, their, their weekend home-and-home home series in league, have come road home, a big, a big majority of them lately. Uh, they just they haven't been able to get out on the right foot in any of these games. And, uh, you know, you, you start to wonder, I mean, is, is there a difference home and road? I mean, other than matching up guys, I'm not really sure what it is. Yeah, and I kind of wondered about Lowell as well. You know, wanted to see them first, uh, close up, first up. And, and uh, basically, I mean, that first period, that's only 20 minutes. But I wondered, you know, how do they measure up against the, the top teams in the league, BC, basically BC. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, that was like you might as well have taken the jerseys off of BC from the other night and put them on Lowell tonight. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't just keeping the puck down that end either. I mean, they were they were buzzing around the zone. They were beating Merrimack to these pucks. They were out racing guys. And Lowell isn't really a team that I think you, people know for their speed. You know, they, they know for, for a pretty physical, strong team, but not really for their speed. And they were really they were buzzing around the zone. And, and, and Merrimack wasn't just a half step behind. They were two or three steps behind the top. All right, well, some interesting news lately. I know uh, recruiting bring us up to date on how things are going as far as recruits go, uh, guys that are be coming in the next couple of years and so on. Yeah, quite a bit. You know, when you, you start to look ahead at, at some of the guys, not only for next year, but 2015, 2016, I mean, they're they're in a groove here where they're starting to be able to recruit a little more long-term, and, and they weren't able to do that for a while, I think just because of where they were in terms of, uh, you know, prestige nationally. But people start, are starting to know who they are. Uh, they've got some local kids, Patrick Kramer's one. Uh, he's a really good player. He's a junior at BC High. Uh, he's, you know, probably in the mold of a Mike Collins in terms of following a similar path. Uh, really good with the pocket playmaker, can score goals. Uh, and he's for he's for 2016. Uh, and then they got a couple of kids up in Ontario, too. Uh, one being Matt Foget, who uh, is for a 2016. And, again, you know, as a I think as a 16-year-old right now, is, is scoring pretty well in a pretty good league up in Ontario. Uh, Brett Sini's another one. I think he's a 2015. He's a 17-year-old. And again, you know, it's not, when you look at the numbers for these kids, uh, because a lot of people will look at junior numbers to see, okay, you know, what do they have coming in offensively? It's not, it doesn't mean much if you're a 20-year-old really, you know, pounding the pavement and scoring a lot of goals as a 20-year-old in a junior league if you didn't do it as a 16 or 17-year-old. Because at that point, you're 20 years old playing against 16 or 17 year olds but when you're a 16 or 17 year old and you're able to score and then keep that consistency up to your, your 19 and 20 years if you're still there uh, that to me is, is when you know you have a pretty good offensive player and they've got some guys who are in that 16 17 year range uh, that are scoring at the levels they're at now which is which is promising 
Yeah, I mean, one of the questions I have for you is what's happened basically over the last year where all of a sudden the, you know, the scoring in particular has, has really dropped off tremendously for this club, a team that uh, the couple of years before that wasn't really having trouble scoring goals. It certainly wasn't in the year that they went to the NCAA tournament. But, of course, you know, a Stefan DaCosta only comes along so often. We realize that. But it, as we've talked before, it's not just him on a team like that. It's a Chris Barton, you know, it's a Joe Cucci, uh, you know, Jesse Todd and guys like that in the years that they had. It's a, it's a line of guys like Ryan Flanagan, Carter Matson, and Elliot Sheen. And, and the thing is, you look at this team, and while you can see different guys that may have you know, qualities or characteristics of one, or one of the characteristics maybe of those guys, the thing that you don't see is that they're just not able to put the puck in the net, not able to generate the type of good scoring chances. So that's one of my questions to you now in looking at the recruiting and what they're doing with recruiting is how much does this year, or what's happened over the last year, how much do you think that affects maybe... Uh, you know what they're looking for and what they're going out after in, in, in types of players. Yeah, I think it does, and I think when I think it changes their philosophy a little bit. And we've started to see that in where they're going to get players. I mean, British Columbia was and Alberta was big, uh, you know, for this team back in the mid 2000s when when Mark Denny first got here. Alberta League, British Columbia League, especially when Darren Yopping was a coach out there, and you had some you had some uh, connections. Well, and I'll mention this. So, who's one of the, the top young players we're talking about? And where is he from? Jonathan, Jonathan Lash from Alberta. Yeah, I, I thought you meant for, for recruits. I mean, they have a kid, Austin Bloody. He's supposed to come in next year. Originally, was supposed to come in this year. He's out on the British Columbia. I'm talking about guys that we know that have come yeah. here and you know have, have shown that they can play at the club. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 you know, I. I I that's the question, I guess. You know, what, what has something happened with Alberta? Has, has, has it been, been determined that, you know, for whatever reason, that's not a place to go? Well, I think it's cyclical. I mean, for a while, I remember back in the early 2000s, uh, a place that Chris Serino used to go to and Mike Donahue, when he was here, used to go to was Ontario. They got Anthony Aquino and Matt Foy, and, uh, you know, the list goes on of guys from Ontario. Marco Rosa. Marco Rosa is another one of guys that were able to get from Ontario. And then everybody started to go to Ontario, and it got really, you know, oversaturated. And, and maybe the. Their first choices that they were getting, they were settling for their third or fourth choices because there were so many more teams there. And I think we've started to see that with the BCHL especially. Uh, they were probably getting their, their top one or two choices of players out there in the 2006, 2007. And now that league has been built up to the point where so many teams go there. Maybe they're settling for their third or fourth choices and they're getting out of there. And we've seen them go back to Ontario, like I said, for, for two players that uh, I know from talking to some scouts up there that, that watch those leagues have both told me they think they're pretty good players and Fogut and Brits. And then goaltending, of course. Uh, I know that they've got one or two commits in that regard, and uh, they'll lose Sam Arata after this year, and then Rasmus Tiernan only has one year left. So how does goaltending look in the future? Uh, they got two really good goaltending recruits uh, coming in in consecutive years. Colin D'Elia is coming next year. Uh, they're both actually both goaltenders are in the North American Hockey League. Uh, it's sort of a step below the USHL. It often serves as a feeder for the USHL. Uh, and, but you, you look at D'Elia's numbers, and it's hard to... Uh, Hard to argue. I mean, it's technically a second-tier league to the USHL, but his save percentage is somewhere around 950. I mean, I mean, he's 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 put up really good numbers. And, and to put it into perspective, Rasmus Tiernan came from the North American Hockey League. His last year, his save percentage was about 898 or 900. So uh, this kid saved 95 percent of his shots on a really good team. I mean, that, that, that's got to be said too. I don't you don't know the quality of him. Uh, and then Drew Vogler is coming in the year after. He's also playing in that league, uh, but he's has gotten some looks from the National. Development program, and I know he was one of their goalies in uh, one of their select camps over the summer, 
and uh, that you know that could be a possibility for him next year that he makes the national development team. He's, he's going to be in the mix anyway for one of those three goaltending spots. Well, that would be interesting. That would make him the second Merrimack goaltender in recent years to come out of that program. Joe Canada, of course, uh, he didn't turn out too bad himself. No, not at all. And you know, when, I think obviously when you're on that team, it's it's you're, you're one of the best in your position in the country. Mike, great stuff as always. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Mike. Mike McMahon with us from the Mac Report and also from the Eagle Tribune and College Hockey News. Back with more after this. The score after one. Lowell leads Merrimack two to nothing. Back with more at the Songa Center. You're listening to live coverage of Merrimack Hockey.